0: People are really frustrated with their health and the medical system and they don't want to fall through the cracks anymore and they are realizing that they have to take health into their own hands and you know with the resurgence of evidence and research for functional mushrooms it's becoming more popular.
1: Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, and I'm excited to take you on a journey to reclaiming and reconnecting to your magic, the magic of your health, your wealth, and your soul's purpose. As a woman's wellness coach and business mentor, I've been coaching women for over 15 years, helping them rediscover their innate abilities to heal, to transform, and to manifest their deepest desires. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of inspiration and information, diving into the multifaceted approach of what it means to live to our fullest potential. Let's do this. This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back, everyone. I hope your day is off to a beautiful start. For all of my fungi lovers, you're in for a treat today because Brandy Garden, the co-founder of Aversio Wellness, is back today. This is her third visit back. I'm so excited to have her here. As they say, third time is a charm. And she's not alone. She is bringing Desiree Caruso, who is a naturopathic doctor and the naturopathic advisor for Aversio Wellness. And she was first introduced to functional mushrooms after a mild traumatic brain injury, which changed her life, leaving her with years of pain and concussion symptoms. So you are definitely going to hear about that in today's episode. And Desiree is going to expand on that journey and what that was like for her and how mushrooms have made such an amazing difference in her life. And if you're unfamiliar with Brandy's story, I highly recommend you go back to episode 217. This is where we dive into the power of medicinal mushrooms for whole body health. And this is where Brandy really shares her story, how the fungi kingdom found her after three bouts with skin cancer caused by the pharmaceutical she had been prescribed for over a decade. It is a powerful story. Highly recommend you tune into that episode. And then she was also here for episode 238. This is a juicy one. We talk about medicinal mushrooms for menopause, stress, sleep, and libido. So, so much value in those two episodes and highly encourage you to go back and check them out if you haven't tuned into them. And so today we are taking some listener questions. Something we commonly hear is I'm taking medicinal mushrooms and I don't feel anything. And why is that? So what do we really want to be conscious of when we are purchasing medicinal mushrooms? And I love, there is a part in today's episode where Brandy breaks down what's on the bottle and dosing and cost. And it was was kind of mind-blowing for me. And you're going to see why taking a cheaper product means you probably need to take 20 plus capsules a day versus two from Aversio Wellness. So this is important because mushrooms are powerful and they can impact hormones and sleep and stress and our nervous system and fuel our brain and our memory and they play such an important role in just our environment and nature. And they're so powerful. And I definitely want you guys to get your hands on them. And I want you to experience the difference. And this is why using a product that is therapeutic is going to do that for you. So we talk about why their mushrooms aren't wild harvested and why they actually come from China, because that's another common question. We chat about Do you need to speak with your family doctor about this and why they probably don't know anything about medicinal mushrooms and why mushrooms are having such a moment right now? And a lot of people are talking about ergo, ergothionine. What is it and how is this related to mushrooms? We dive into microdosing and so much. You're going to learn a lot today and it could potentially change the supplement game for you. So really excited To dive in. Hello, ladies. Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. Hi, Samantha. Hello. So great to have you here. Brandy, this is your
2: third time. How amazing is that? Lucky three. Three (laughs) times lucky. (laughs) I love it. The fungi and I needed a third time. There's just too much to say.
1: Absolutely. There is so much to say around medicinal mushrooms, functional mushrooms. I love talking about them. And we have a very special guest with us today, Desiree. I'm so excited you're here.
0: Me too. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat functional mushrooms with both you and
1: Brandy. My pleasure. So Brandy, you've been here three times. Let's do a really quick intro, who you are, what you do, and then we're going to go over to you, Desiree. (laughs)
2: <laughs> All right. I feel like we just got to get to this. You've heard it from me before. I'm the old lady mushroom entrepreneur in the biz. <laughs> um, you know, I am the co founder of Aversial Wellness. We are a functional mushroom company out here in the west of Canada and British Columbia. Um, my husband and I co founded the company just over three years ago now and had no idea what we were so so fortunate to be falling into. And really, it has become the greatest gift to have people following into it with us. So Team Avertio has grown, huge grown since we first chatted. The mushroom space has grown and is truly science in progress. And to have others come along that ride with us, mycologists, naturopathic doctors, has been, it's been a wild ride. So I'm so excited to bring forward more of what we started talking about. I know in the first podcast, we talked about my own health journey. Um, and that story, I think has been one that many have been able to, it's just resonated with so many. For sure. In the second podcast, we talked more about, hey, it turns out I'm perimenopausal. I didn't even know, 47 years old, and um, mushrooms for menopause is something we get, all the time, I and I realized the reason I didn't know is that I'm not I'm not going through a lot of the symptoms many do, and I realized it's likely because I've been putting a lot of mushrooms in my body the last three years. So here we are today, third podcast, and I'm so excited that you get to see the passion and inspiration that continues to come from Aversio is because of the people that are there, and Desiree is a massive part of that.
1: I love that. Well, that's so beautiful. Thank you for that going to pass it over to you, Desiree. Our audience is not familiar with you. Maybe they are from all of your amazing Instagram reels, but i love it. Yes. Oh, and TikTok. <laughs> yes. You are so great at all things social. And I'd love for our audience to get to know you a little bit more. There's so many questions I have. How you became an ND, how you got involved with Aversio. So let's start there. Let's Let's hear a little bit about Your journey and your story?
0: Yeah, for sure. So I guess it would start during my undergrad degree. I was a college athlete. I played soccer for the university. I experienced a car accident and a concussion through playing. And so that significantly impacted me. Throughout my university studies, I knew that I wanted to go into medicine. I was just fascinated by physiology and just, you know, how we can improve our health and how I could improve other people's health and it was through that concussion and that injury that I really realized you know there must be something more and my initial plan was to go into conventional medical system you know, MDs and healthcare, it's amazing to help, you know, all of us and it's absolutely needed. But I felt like through that experience of, you know, falling through the cracks of the conventional medical system, I felt like there must be something more. You know, I went from getting a 4.2 GPA in university to almost failing out of university because I couldn't function In my classes, I could barely even be there, I would see my friends and I couldn't even remember, you know, some people's names, or I would be constantly repeating the same stories or same things to my friends. And I was like, this is really scary. And, you know, that totally affected me physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, all of the realms. And I became really frustrated with the conventional medical system. I would see, you know, I saw a physiatrist to treat some of my symptoms. And I became really frustrated when, you know, one of them examined me, didn't even put her hands on me to assess me and said, well, you know what, you're way better than most of the patients that I see. So, like, you're fine. There's nothing that I can do for you. I went and saw another physiatrist. Who helped me quite a bit, but just the time constraints of the conventional medical system. And I remember, you know, that one day in that appointment being extremely emotional because here I am. I don't feel like myself. I'm not functioning like myself. I feel like I can't even, you know, do any of the things that made me me. And I remember the doctor looking at me and saying, you know, I've spent a lot of time with you. And you know, it's time for you to leave now. Like our appointment is over. And I just remember being so frustrated in tears. Here I am, you know, on the verge of crying because I can't function properly. And I just felt like I was totally, you know, one of those people who was falling through the cracks in the conventional medical system. So I I thought there has to be something more. And so I, you know, thought, well, I do really want to work in medicine and help people. and maybe my story of you know, recovering and taking my own health in my own hands could help other people. And that's where I stumbled upon naturopathic medicine because I really loved how naturopathic medicine is similar. You know, it's, you're a naturopathic doctor, you're a primary care practitioner, but you have so many more modalities that you can use to help treat people. And it's that holistic model of healthcare that really appealed to me. And, you know, we could spend more time with patients, unlike conventional medical doctors, right? Like they don't have the time. They're so overburdened and with, you know, they don't have the time for people and part of it is not their fault. And so, you know, I went to naturopathic medical school and part of the curriculum in naturopathic medicine is learning about herbs and learning about, you know, supplements and learning about functional mushrooms. And so functional mushrooms were one of those tools for me to recover from a mild traumatic brain injury. And you know, I, I remember looking, you know, for more ways to get connected with supplement companies and and learning more because it's so important, especially in naturopathic medicine, like everybody is taking supplements right. nowadays, right. like everybody. And so then I reconnected with Brandy Garden. and I remember seeing Brandy's name and I thought, I know this name, Brandy Garden, and it was my grade four teacher. Oh my god. And I thought, (laughs) what are the chances of that? And so if you're somebody who really enjoys synchronicities and and things like that and and full circle moments, that was my full circle moment to you know, be able to work with Brandy every day. And so anyways, I I reconnected with Brandy and I, you know, learned more about functional mushrooms. And I just thought more people need to know about this, especially after, you know, my own personal experience using functional mushrooms to recover and to optimize my health, not just with brain health, but with so many other things. And so, you know, I've been with Aversio for over a year now and it's been great and it's awesome to come full circle and work with Brandy. We share an office each day and it's so cool when people who had such an impact on your life, you know, at at such a young age and now Brandy and I are totally, you know, connected and and we nerd out about functional mushrooms and health and all of those things. (laughs) That's
1: so cute. Brandy, how did that feel? Having like one of your students reach out and reconnect with you.
2: If you know me, I'm a super nerd for synchronicities. I document synchronicities as a pastime. It's my favorite thing <laughs> to do. So I cannot tell you the excitement and joy. When I saw Desiree's name pop up as an applicant for the position, there was no doubt. Sorry, other applicants of from that medical <laughs> school that year. Desiree, funny enough, the college would not allow us to hire Desiree as a student because she was in her fourth year, and it becomes a conflict of interest. She was treating patients in clinic at the time, and right. um, we weren't allowed to hire her. But I knew we would work together, and we were able to connect through social media. And then um, she came in and helped us with some recording of content. And the minute we could grab her, we knew we were meant to be mushroom nerds united forever. That's and so she, cute. I mean, this is the thing. I feel like I was young. I was a young teacher. Then I was in my 20s. I actually wasn't even married yet when I had Desiree as a student. So when I'm with her and we're working together, mushrooms make us feel young anyway. But I feel like I'm right back there again. That's so, so sweet it's been a real uh, beautiful synchronicity and I couldn't be more grateful.
1: Amazing. I love that so You're much. You're going to cry. I love you, Desiree. <laughs> oh, I love you <laughs> You guys are so sweet. I love it so much. So today we're doing all kinds of Q&A. We've got great questions from yeah. our audience and our community and there's all sorts of ways that we can take this conversation. And there's all sorts of things that people really want to know about mushrooms. So we're going to take a lot of those questions and dive in today. And I think a really great place to start, I mean, you were talking about conventional medicine and how they didn't really offer you much support. And I can only imagine walking into a family doctor and saying, hey, can I take some medicinal mushrooms? (laughs) They'll probably look at you like you have three heads. And so, you know, I'm sure many people think like, okay, if I really want to take medicinal mushrooms and get proper dosing, like, do I have to go see my ND? Like, what does that process look like? Yeah. I'd love for you to speak to that, Desiree.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, if you are somebody who is looking for holistic health and looking for more support with supplements in particular, I'm not saying to not go to your medical doctor. I think absolutely their expertise is valuable. But I also think that, you know, seeking out naturopathic medicine and conventional medicine can exist together Mm -hmm. and, you know, they can be combined. And so I think if you are somebody who is looking to support your health with supplements like functional mushrooms, I absolutely would recommend seeking out a naturopathic doctor. Functional mushrooms are part of the curriculum just like I mentioned earlier sharing my story, but I also will say that don't that you don't want to discount your own knowledge for looking into supplements, right? You know, these healthcare practitioners are not a guru and they don't know more about you than you know about you. And so this is where it's super important for us as individuals looking to improve our health, to learn about certain supplements and the forms of supplements and take ownership of that because not all supplements are created equal just like not all food sources are created equal or all forms of calories are created equal right it's mm-hmm. the same thing for functional mushrooms so if you're looking for support and especially for you know certain medical conditions i would absolutely recommend seeking out a naturopathic doctor
1: right. if
0: you're somebody who's just looking more for like health optimization could you benefit from seeing an nd absolutely but it's not necessary
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for breaking that down. I would love to just take a minute and just think about what our healthcare system would look like if we could have allopathic doctors working with naturopathic doctors, and we could all coexist together as we should be able to all coexist together and support patients and their protocols. I mean, what would it look like if that was the case?
2: It would look like this, Sam. Because honestly, I I think I'm such that example that, so Sam, um, you are a nutritionist. You are certified to give instruction and information and protocols around food. Desiree, you are a naturopathic doctor. You two are the team that I went to. I started out with a nutritionist. I changed my diet long before. Right. I found functional mushrooms. Um, I changed my lifestyle. I You know, I introduced daily meditation and yoga. And then I worked with an ND and then I got serious about the serious for sure. medicinal mushrooms. And that was the answer for me. So we know what it can look
0: like. Mm-hmm. Um, I
2: haven't put a pharmaceutical in my body in over three years. So we know it can happen. It doesn't mean I'm never going to a doctor, but I, right. I don't know when I will see a doctor again. It will likely be years. If I break my leg, I'm sure going to the hospital for and sure. I will likely accept pain meds. So I'm not anti-pharmaceutical, but I think we are living it and seeing what it can look like without only relying on a general practitioner in your, in your team. We need this team of, of support around us and you two are it. Aw, awesome.
1: Yeah, it's so true. All right, mushrooms, they are, as uh, I was gonna say, um, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie Zoolander. He's so hot right now. Oh yeah. Mushrooms are so <laughs> hot right now. <laughs> They're really having their moment. Why do you think that is? I'll take that one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Go um, for it. Yeah, the understatement, right? They're not trendy. Mushrooms are our movement. They're here to stay. They've always been here. It's true. They've always been here, right? New research, um, actually right here in Canada, in northern Canada, new research. Uh, researchers were able to find fossilized fungi that show fungi here on planet Earth date a billion years ago, long before plants, long before animals, long before us fungi have always been here mushrooms come later than that so mushrooms are just part of the kingdom fungi but there's no doubt that they're they're trendy right now because we see them everywhere our colleague veronica congratulations veronica just got married last week and while she was in vegas getting married the whole hotel at the bellagio is decorated in massive fabric mushrooms really like a (laughs) sight to behold you can't go anywhere here come the holiday season and like The mushrooms are in every store, on every blanket, pair of socks. Fashion is all fungi. It's really here to stay. And it's so exciting that we're living in it and that our kids, my kids, don't know a life without fungi being everywhere for everything. Mm -hmm. So there's no doubt. Um, But I think medically, medicinal mushrooms are having the moment they are because of the state of humanity. And it's three things for me. It is that we have never been more chronically stressed. Um, as we are as a society. We see that in our kids, for sure, having lived through a pandemic. And where they are, medicinal mushrooms are a right? They help our bodies manage stress, restore balance after a stressful situation. So no wonder these are things people are looking to. Second thing is that we have never been more concerned as a humanity about our own immunity against known and unknown viruses and disease in our world. Um, that came forward after a pandemic. And we know medicinal mushrooms have been approved um, as standard cancer treatments in Japan and China for it's over 30 years now when we look at the research. So extensive clinical history, safe use, and used with radiation and chemotherapy. We see cancer one in two people, I think. That's what the National Cancer Institute says. One in two people will get cancer in their lifetime. We need something that gives people hope as prevention. Medicinal mushrooms are it. Along with so many other viruses and diseases, it's in the thousands of studies now. Two hundred and fifteen thousand articles on Google Scholar this morning. And then the third thing wow. is the mental health crisis. Right. We're in a mental health crisis. Yes. I am grateful to be somebody that's not personally suffering from it, mm-hmm. but I feel like almost everybody else I know is in it. Right. And the news stuff, right. Yeah. On some level. And the stat on that, World Health Organization, just for specifically in Canada, because that's where we are, 50% of Canadians have or have had a mental illness by the time they reach 40 years old. That's you and I, Sam, 50% of us. So those three things being where we are is why mushrooms are having a moment because they can help us to address all of those things. And they are non-addictive. They have no side effects. They are accessible to everybody. And I think it's you know what I'm going to say? More fungi, less pharma. It's time for us to stop <laughs> relying on pharmaceuticals. for all three of those things. Yes. Right? This is the trouble we're in. If we look back on how our ancient ancestors evolved through time, they look to Mother Nature and we're right back there. Yep. Right? Pharmaceuticals are, it turns out, not necessarily the answer. And when we look at prevention, this is preventative medicine. I hope that our kids are going to learn to stay healthy. And so they don't have to worry about all that instead of looking at how am I going to take care of it once I have cancer and a mental illness. Mm -hmm. And we know pharmaceuticals, that industry who made $1.7 trillion in profit last year did not spend one penny of that educating people on how to stay healthy. They're not looking for a cure. They're looking for customers. I was one of those customers. So many people are in that boat. It's on us. What Desiree said, you're the CEO of your own health. Totally. It is on you to figure out how are you going to manage those things? How are we going to educate the kids of the day to be preventative about those things? So I think they're having a movement right now because of where we're at, because we need them. We need them.
1: Absolutely. Desiree, I feel like Brandy just, you nailed that one. <laughs> I feel like maybe there's a fire burning inside you. Anything you want to add <laughs> <laughs> or say? I mean,
0: I mean, I definitely share the same thoughts as Brandy. There are so many people who are really frustrated with where they are in their health. And they're really frustrated with not being okay. And I think a lot of people also just don't want to experience the side effects of pharmaceuticals. And me saying this is not... You know, my stance is not anti pharmaceuticals, anti conventional medicine. But I think a lot of people are shifting from, oh, I feel this, I have this symptom, give me this. And people are now starting to realize, oh, you know, health is more holistic than that. And it's not about instant gratification. We live in a society, in a world of instant gratification. You can order Amazon and your thing will be you know, Mm -hmm. there the next day, a lot of people are really frustrated with their health and the medical system, and they don't want to fall through the cracks anymore. And they are realizing that they have to take health into their own hands. And also people are really looking for preventative measures as well. And I think, you know, with the resurgence of, Evidence and research for functional mushrooms—it's becoming more popular. Functional mushrooms are trendy. Every you know they're in products, and it's like, oh, there's mushrooms in there, and they're becoming less taboo because now people are understanding what functional mushrooms are, yes. which are mushroom supplements, and it's not the same as psychedelic mushrooms. And so, with this popularity and with Functional mushrooms becoming more mainstream, people are interested in the research, and there is more research being conducted on functional mushrooms. And just like Brandy said, you know, functional mushrooms have been used in traditional Chinese medicine for many, many years. This is nothing new to them. It's only becoming newer here in North America and, you know, in other areas. So I think people are really. Looking for ways to optimize their health and health optimization and biohacking has never been more popular. Mm. And so, you know, functional mushrooms can absolutely be a part of that. And so, I think, I think that's what people are after. They're they're done with feeling the way that they're feeling, and they are taking more ownership for their health.
2: For sure. Yeah. And I'm gonna add. Yeah. Go. Oh for no. It. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. You brought up psychedelics, which we knew, we <laughs> know just it's just gonna, gonna come go up, there, right? <laughs> Yeah. Go there. The you go way
1: there way. first. Oh, I was going to say that, you know, side note. I know we're not talking about psychedelics today, but I think about the retreats that I've hosted and we've had physicians come to those retreats, which is just amazing. We've had women who have been on antidepressants for 12 years and have finally gotten off of their antidepressants. And every single woman who's come to our retreat we are obviously really open and conscious about them having conversations with their medical provider and every single one of them who who has had those conversations with their doctor they've come back saying great my doctor is on board with this and the reason that is is because there's so much amazing research there's never been one person who's come back to our retreat saying ooh my doctor said you know this is a no go they've been open to it and it's just so amazing to see that yeah, that conversation.
2: That is it. That is it alone. So, And two things there. The mental health crisis, people taking SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. It turns out everybody I know is taking them except for you. A general practitioner has no other tools in their toolbox. They cannot prescribe you a functional mushroom. So that is, they're trying, I believe, to be helpful. So they are sometimes, in my opinion, too quick to prescribe these SSRIs and then we end up with a whole society of people that can't come off of them. And again, I've not experienced this firsthand, but I'm watching people in my life go through this years-long process to wean yourself off of these drugs. It is so upsetting to watch going down to liquid versions of them and decreasing the Doses by these little smidgens over mm-hmm. time just to avoid having a panic attack.
1: Totally. It's
2: the, and th- that is something you're not going to experience when you're using something natural, whether it's, it's food or fungi. So we know, and what you said, the research is new and it's fantastic. Last year, we saw the psych- psychiatric researchers at Harvard unveil that. I'm going to say it, and it's controversial, but showing that there is no solid link between low serotonin levels and depression. And if an SSRI is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, and we know that there is, again, no real evidence that serotonin deficiency causes depression, right? well, holy smokes. We've got a whole world of people that are looking for something else and needing to come off of something that is not an easy thing to do. So are our kids going to go to something that they see is impossible to come off of later on? Or are they looking to something different? And this brings up psychedelics. We, we knew we were going to have to talk about yeah, it. it. And good. I think we've Coming been talking about it. So, and we look at, I mean, Desiree and I are reading a book right now that's talking about mushrooms in antiquity. So it's used in ancient times. Mm. But even before what we're reading about, when you look back 100,000 years, we get the great Terrence McKenna and the stoned ape theory. And it's controversial again. He's an ethnobotanist and he's looking at how this was the cognitive revolution. Is we think that were these apes traveling through the savannah looking for food, coming across a and producing mushroom and consuming this, and this being the beginning of the evolution of the human mind consciousness itself. And if they were using mushrooms then for wellness and cognition, and then we look to, we know 5,000 years ago, we find the Iceman. Was his name. Um, they find this preserved man in 1991. Scientists found him frozen in ice, and there were mushrooms found on him. Fomatopsis that we still see in the forest. We saw it this week in the forest. This was probably his medicine, too. And we can't talk to him. We don't know, but we can see that he was likely using that. And then we come to 3,000 years ago and we look at the Greeks. And now we have archaeochemists showing us what was in that cup. At these ancient greek ceremonies where people were going there to die before they died to find god this is before religion before christianity we know there were mushrooms in those cups you know the science has come so far to show us people have always used mushrooms it makes sense that we've tried pharmaceuticals we've tried to synthesize things we've tried to be you know super chemists but we got to go back to that natural piece when it comes to these things we are We are ready for it. People are experiencing the effects of it and they're willing to try something different. So it's not new. It's always been here. It's so exciting to go and read all of that old research on on what's happening. And when we talk about functional mushrooms and medicinal mushrooms in our day-to-day life, in the back of our minds, we're for sure thinking about the psychedelics too because they're just other mushrooms. They're just other compounds in other mushrooms and Mother Nature does not differentiate. She's not growing one for you and one not for you on the psilocybin in those is for sure going to be part of the answer in the future I have no doubt
1: agreed (laughs) totally agreed on that one being that we're chatting all things mushrooms today, I want to remind you that you can use the coupon code wellnesswitch over at aversiowellness.com to save 15% off. And if you're wondering which mushroom you should take, well, they've got tons that you can choose from. All of the information is on their website, but you can tune into episode 238 where Brandy and I talk about mushrooms for menopause and libido and sleep and stress. We also give you a breakdown of mushrooms that you can take in the morning or mid-afternoon or evening and what might that look like in terms of a mushroom supplement routine. So lots of options. Definitely would love for you to dive in and give them a try if you haven't already. Again, the coupon code is wellnesswitch to save 15% off at aversiowellness.com. Okay, let's Dive into some of these questions that have come in from our community. And I know a big one here is people trying medicinal mushrooms, but finding that they're not really doing anything for them. And why is that? Who's gonna who's gonna take the lead on okay, this? Okay, one? I'll start.
2: <laughs> okay. I'll start. Now here's inviting Desiree to join us, except for Brandy talks way too much. But um, she'll jump in and tell you because she answers these questions all day long. I bet. But for our customers but it's potency and dosing they matter they matter people you have to read those labels and we have three massive pet peeves that are coming up for us over and over again we ask people that tell us they're not working for me i'm i'm taking this other product and it doesn't work for me why would i try your product so dry labbing is an issue dry labbing is the printing of these generalized testing results rather than testing specific beneficial compounds and putting that on the label or some people just don't put anything on a label. So if you look at the back of a mushroom product, you need to look for percentages of beta-C glucans regardless of the mushroom. Right. It depends what mushroom you're taking, but if you're taking cordyceps, you better be looking for cordyceps. If you are taking a reishi product, you better be looking for triterpenoids because the science is so clear that it is the beneficial compounds inside the mushroom That are doing the work. Right. So dry labbing is when you find a product that does not list any of those beneficial compounds, and you just really don't know what you're getting. And we see that happening. It's mushrooms are trendy, so everybody wants to have a mushroom company. Nobody wants to have to pay the massive amount for testing that we've talked about in the past. Right. To prove that they're going to do what they say because those compounds are there, and then show me the COA, or they're on our website so that people don't have to wonder. The second big issue, and this is this is happening even more than the dry labbing, is the proprietary blends mm, out there. Mm-hmm. Specifically, and this week, oh my word, we're looking at the gummies. So here come the gummies. I get you. I have a twelve-year-old daughter who just wants to take a supplement in a gummy. I right, get it. Right. But this is what we call pixie dusting, and it is the most upsetting. Because they contain a laundry list of ingredients for sure. and very few of them in high enough quantity to do anything to be of any benefit to the user. And the cost comparison to your pocketbook and the cost comparison to the environment is infuriating for those of yeah. us that are doing the work to put a therapeutic dose in. So for there's sure. an example of a gummy that just came on the market. Let me tell you how bad it is. <sighs> in this product, each gummy has a quantity crude equivalent. It's a lion's mane. Product. So we know our love, all three of us, of lion's mane mushroom. We know wow. what the research says. We know it's going to be a mm-hmm. big deal for neurogenesis. We know that we need at least 3,000 milligrams of lion's mane in order to be in line with the research. So, what the research is showing can actually be effective on the brain as well as the gut and so many other things. This gummy that came out has 150 milligrams of lion's mane per gummy. So, that means you're going to have to take 20 of them to get to your 3,000 milligrams therapeutic dose. Now, there are 50 gummies in that bottle. So at $27, you're going to get two and a bit doses in there. And that means that each gummy costs 54 cents in that bottle. So the research shows you're going to have to take this for four months. So that means that you're going to need um, 20 gummies for 120 days, and that's 2,400 gummies you're going to need. And that means it's going to cost you $1,296 Canadian dollars for your four months. And after that time, you will have 48 plastic bottles with a plastic lid in your possession after taking them. So is this what we want to introduce to society? And just so you know, in our therapeutic dose, you're going to need one capsule a day to get that more than 3,000 milligram quantity crude equivalent. You're going to take one capsule. You're going to have one glass jar at the end. You will have refilled it once with a compostable pouch and you will have composted that pouch. You'll still have your glass jar. And it will have cost you $125. So you can take the gummies, but it's literally (laughs) costing you 10 times as much and a huge impact on the environment. And if you can't tell, people need to know this and they don't know. And we got the questions all the time. So pixie dusting is an issue.
1: Okay, wait. We just need to acknowledge how awesome that breakdown was. Because
2: mushroom math is...
1: Mushroom math. I'm going to
2: go back... (laughs) I've been retired for two years now from elementary school teaching, but when I go back out of retirement, I'm just going to teach a course called Mushroom Math. I and it will be
1: love it. Desiree, have you done a TikTok on this? I absolutely have. I have totally gone <laughs> and
0: broken down and done a comparison of different functional mushroom products compared to ours. And It's honestly insane because if you think, you know, we were, Brandy and I talk about this all the time. We were those consumers who thought, you for know, sure. oh, I'm going to take this product. I'm product. I'm looking for a specific right. health benefit. It's Brandy and cheaper. I both have our personal history. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's cheaper. Yeah. Okay, great. The packaging looks like it's probably green and conscious and all of these things, but it's just marketing, mm-hmm. you know. And that is what is so infuriating sure. to me is that you see these products and you know it'll say lion's mane. Amazing. As a consumer, you're thinking, great, lion's mane for the brain. I've looked a little bit into it. it It's, you know, fruiting body, blah, blah, blah. And then you see what the dose is inside. And then you calculate the cost, and it's insane. It's ludicrous. And, you know, as a consumer, you're thinking, okay, well, I want to take a product for a particular health benefit. But sometimes we miss the mark on the dosing. And, you know, fair enough. Maybe as a consumer, we're not up to date with the current research for. Supplements and particular products, right. but dosing is extremely, extremely important. And so, knowing how to calculate that dose, knowing you know what is going to be the cost long term, because we have people who will say, you know, oh, okay, well, you know, your mushroom product is maybe more pricey than I would want right. to you know put up front. Yeah. But it's like, well, it's a dollar a day or two dollars a day, depending on you know, how many capsules you're taking or, you know, how many half teaspoons you're taking per day, which is very cost efficient mm-hmm. compared to, you know, $1,200 over <laughs> that That's time period that, that brandy
2: broke down. The the worst it's part crazy. of it is that the people won't take 20 gummies a day because that would be crazy so, because yeah. that would be bananas. So they take one and then they come and say, mushrooms they don't work. work. They're not doing anything. Right. And it gives the whole kingdom fungi this bad name. Yeah. So other mushroom companies, I plead you, don't call the mushroom products. This is a space that is sacred, and don't ruin it for everybody because this is powerful medicine that people need. To make other products, but leave the mushrooms out of it because I, you know, I can't go to some of the conferences and conventions that are in the space in the supplement space anymore because it's too hard to look at the products that are out there taking people's money because that was us. Like Desiree said, that was me. For sure. Um, and the, the third issue is these inferior ingredients. And that was me. I bought a product that um, it wasn't pixie dusting. It actually said it had 500 milligrams of lion's mane in it. But it was an inferior ingredient. It was one of these many, many companies out there capitalizing on using the cheapest source of an ingredient to save money. And right. they are not listing the part of the fungi. So, you know, we are big believers in the fruiting body. And we're big believers in that because we work with a mycologist who has done the research and right. we're looking under the microscope and seeing the thousands of dollars of tests. And we know that's where the highest concentration of the beneficial compounds is found. So I was not using a product with this great ingredient from the fruiting body. I was using an inferior product. So. Dry labbing, proprietary blends with fixie dusting and inferior ingredients. This is why some people are using functional mushrooms and saying that they don't do anything for them. They're just missing the mark, potency and dosing.
0: And another thing too that I want to add is that a lot of people, and I have been guilty of this too as a consumer, is you take a product, you take it for a short period of time, and then you say, "Ah, it didn't work for me." Or you know, we have people all the time who will say. Okay, but like, what makes your mushroom products different? Because I've right. tried Reishi, or I've tried Lion's Mane, or whatever functional mushroom before, and it doesn't work. And you know, echoing what Brandy is saying about the the potency and the dosing really matters. But so does consistency of taking a supplement and evaluating it for a longer period of time. And it's because the research on functional mushrooms is evaluating functional mushrooms. Over you know minimum five weeks at a time. Oftentimes it's twelve weeks, or even the study that Brandy mentioned earlier was four months. Right. Right. So you need to evaluate it for a longer period of time and take it consistently. For sure. And another thing too, while you're taking a functional mushroom for a longer period of time, you can play with that dosing. So you know you're taking a therapeutic dose, but maybe you need to take a little bit more because everybody is individual, and how everyone responds to different functional mushrooms is going to be different. For sure. How I respond to something is going to be different than. Maybe how you respond to Reishi. Maybe I take one capsule because it works for me. Maybe you take three per day, right? So it's totally different. And within that time period, you can assess, you know, what is best for you. So maybe, for example, if you're taking Reishi for sleep, maybe taking it right before bed is not the best for you. Maybe taking it earlier, like right after dinner, is best. Right. Or you know, with food versus not with food. So all of these things that we need to consider often aren't considered and people will just, you know, write it off and oh I tried it once or twice and it didn't work for me. Right. That's where that reflection piece is really important and giving it
1: a fair shot to see if it if it's helpful for you. Absolutely. Yeah, those are really good points. And that's a big thing that I think we just see in the supplement world in general is just the lack of yeah. consistency and not enough sort of trial and error with dosing and timing. Because it definitely all matters for sure okay so let's chat about wild harvesting and why aren't your mushrooms wild harvested
2: hmm. and
1: why do they come from china
2: ah mm-hmm. we get asked that all the time I bet. why don't they come from canada yeah well, they don't grow they don't grow in abundance here in canada That's and right. we tried to cultivate mm-hmm. them there nobody would be able to afford them because the technology is light years ahead of where we are the generational knowledge that's been passed down particularly in reishi cultivation in china is something to behold if you follow us on social media you will see the giant sacred reishi that we have at hq at ever hq um craig's little baby Mm -hmm. so yes wild harvested reishi would be reishi mushrooms growing in the forest on logs and trees at various stages of decay and those mushrooms themselves would be at various stages of growth so you would have a large variety of young reishi and older reishi um, even different species so Ganoderma lucidum is the reishi we work with but in the forest even the forest right here in our community we see hundreds of species of Ganoderma mushroom that all could be mistaken so you would have a large variety of those harvesting them and then expecting to be able to have a supplement that has some kind of standardized level of the beneficial compound we're looking for would be very very difficult never mind the cost right so the next best thing is what we do which would be considered wild cultivation so a lot of brands like I said will skip then well if we can't get them wild harvested then we'll just cultivate them in a lab in a plastic bag and heck we'll grow them on grain because that's really cheap and we won't let them fruit we'll just grow the mycelium we'll grind that we'll call it reishi mushrooms So that's one extreme to the other. The way that it has been done for thousands of years across Asia is this wild cultivation where the mushrooms are grown outdoors on the wood they would have grown on in nature. So it looks like harvesting logs from the forested area where the reishis would grow on the mountainside where they would grow. And these are majestic, serene, beautiful mountainsides. Craig just came back. He wants to move there. It's so beautiful. Um, (laughs) He said, you can... Feel the energy, Mm. this just coherence of energy in that mountainside. And people will say they can feel that in our products. And when you stand in it and experience it, it is something else. The logs that are harvested from the area are inoculated with the mycelium of those mushrooms that are grown there. So the genetics in mushroom cultivation is massively important. The strength of the genetics. And these are genetics that are passed down over generations. So that reishi mushroom that grows in that area is inoculated into that wood, and then that wood is allowed to grow out, and mycelium is growing inside the wood, which is why we don't consume it, because it's in the wood, people. That log is buried in the earth, in that mountainside, and then it takes months and months exposed to sunshine, provided by Mother Nature, oxygen, provided by Mother Nature, humidity. In the environment where it would have grown, at the time of year it would have grown, until a full fruiting body reishi develops. Now, because we're cultivating, they are all growing at the same time and therefore a harvest can gather them where they're all at the same stage of maturity. We know the levels of the concentrations of the beneficial compounds is expanding as that fruiting body expands. So they know exactly now, after hundreds of years of the science able to test when to harvest them to get the maximum amount of triterpenoids, say in a reishi mushroom. They are harvested from there and then the process goes on to turn them into our product. Right. So we're not wild harvesting because we couldn't get the consistent medicine that we need out of them. For sure. Um, never mind the fact that with the need for reishi today, we would it would not be sustainable to to use that practice as well. Now that's not saying that you can't go and wild harvest. Um, if you have reishi in your community and you want to do that we were just on a mushroom walk last week we saw a little baby west coast mm. reishi um, it would not have equated to even half of one of our cups. <laughs> right so to get what we want and we see it in nature this is what has been sorted out and there is no doubt that the chinese are doing it the best we have seen it firsthand it is a beautiful practice the mushrooms are treated like family there they are sacred to this community and For people that really can't get around the, but but I really want them to come from here, I just ask if they're a coffee drinker and if they expect their coffee beans to come from Canada, because they don't, right? right? If you love coffee, you hope those coffee beans are coming from Colombia or Ecuador, wherever they're coming from. And we are willing to accept that, that coffee beans should come from where coffee beans come from, where the generational knowledge has been passed down and that industry exists and they are the best at it. Right. So we drink coffee from other places. Mushrooms come from other places because they are the best. At it. Right.
0: And another thing too is, if you're concerned about functional mushrooms coming from China, like think about it. Why? Why are you concerned? Is it because of heavy metals or things like that? Well, we test for it. Look at the COA. Look at the certificate of right. analysis, and you can see exactly, you know, what we're testing for to make sure that our products are not only a therapeutic dose but they're safe and organic and all of those things that you mm. would look for in a functional mushroom product. And so if that's your concern just look at the COAs, right? Like if, you know, for us we are extremely transparent and that's really important to us to be able to have our COAs on our website for each of the products. And as somebody, you know, as an ND like that is so important because I don't have to work hard to, you know, get that data and even as a consumer as well. And oftentimes products and supplements and functional mushrooms, in general, the COA is not posted right. on the website. Right. And so you have to do a little bit of digging. But if you're concerned about that, you know, why are they not grown in Canada? Just look at that COA and that's going to give you all the data that you would need to know.
1: Yeah. Good point. Okay. Let's switch gears. Talking about, and I could be totally butchering this word, ergothionine? Mm-hmm. Ergo? Nailed it. I did? Okay. I got it. So everyone's talking about ergo, I guess, is the short form. What (laughs) is it and how is it related to mushrooms?
0: Yeah. So ergothionine, I mean, research is, is starting to explode on ergothionine. It's been called the longevity vitamin. It's an amino acid and it's obtained through the diet and it's produced by various foods and mushrooms are a major dietary source of ergothionine. For example, oyster, which has the highest amount of ergothionine, shiitake, mitaki, and lion's mane. But the really, really cool research on ergothionine is how observational studies are showing that blood levels of ergothionine tend to decrease with age, especially in individuals with physical or cognitive decline. So as we age, as we experience or are exposed to more oxidative stress, our ergothionine levels are declining. And so all of this stuff is just very fascinating on ergothionine's relationship to aging and healthy aging. And preclinical studies are suggesting that ergothionine protects the cells through its antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties. And something that is distinguishable um, of ergothionine compared to other antioxidants is that ergothionine is an intracellular antioxidant. So the research, the newer research is is suggesting that there is a specific transporter of ergothionine that's found in the mitochondria. And so having that specific transporter and, you know, mitochondria is so supportive for us for aging and for all things, you know, anti-inflammatory and everything. So it's thought that this transporter that is transporting ergothionine into the cells is suggested to be upregulated in areas of inflammation or in areas that are exposed to you know, more oxidative stress. For example, like the brain, there are more transporters there. And so providing that extra support for our brain to mitigate inflammation, it's just extremely fascinating to see all of the research on ergothioneine and how it's involved in, you know, metabolic pathways, which obviously is, is crucial for aging, you know, if right. we're insulin resistant or not, you know, lipid peroxidation, all of these things. And so supporting a healthy level of antioxidants and preventing an excess amount of reactive oxygen, like free radicals, right. you know, it's extremely important to be able to protect ourselves at a cellular level
2: yeah that's i'll add to that yeah we're going to live we're going to live longer yes Um, i've done the math i want to be around in the 2100 and as we age we know we're headed for cognitive decline so looking for naturally occurring molecules that can help us um keep the cognitive decline at bay because we're all headed for alzheimer's dementia we see that we see that in the the elderly that are making it to 100 now, very few of them making it without having some form of cognitive decline. Right. Um, this is one of those molecules that's always been there. It's been there in some food, always has been highest in mushrooms that we just couldn't test for. And I mean, do we test for it? Yeah, we test for it because <laughs> we've read the research and right. if can you test for it, we're testing for it. Is any other mushroom company testing for it? No, because it's expensive to test for it or it's not there. Mm-hmm. So it is one of those compounds that if you look at lion's mane mushroom, for instance, we know now that heritinones are small molecular weight compounds that we can now today test for in lion's mane mushroom. We know they are the ones passing the blood-brain barrier, doing the work on the brain. And ergocyanine is another one of those small molecular weight molecules that can pass the blood-brain barrier. And is it these two molecules together that we are seeing this? in research, the ability for them to show a decline in symptoms of Alzheimer's disease, very likely. Like this is when I say science and progress. This is what we're looking at. And that's why we see this huge spike in research on ergothionine in the last, I mean, even the last 10 years, since 2011, it has been a massive spike in research, because we all of a sudden have the method for testing for it. So you can get it from eating mushrooms. Mm -hmm. I think the I don't know, Des, you might want to correct me, but a, a recent study showed that eating just two cups of mushrooms in a week can be enough ergocyanin in your diet to massively help you with prevention against these neurodegenerative diseases. In our product, we test for it. You actually know what percentage of ergocyanin is naturally occurring there. Um, or you could buy it synthetic because, of course, pharmaceutical companies have synthesized that molecule and you right. can take it that way. If you believe that taking it all by itself is the way Mother Nature meant for it to be. I don't believe that. I think it's super cool that it's in mushrooms and likely why mushrooms like reishi are called the mushroom of immortality. And then we have these vitamins of longevity showing up along the way. So what else is in those mushrooms? We're going to know next week and the week after and along the way. But ergo is easier to say than ergocyanine. And if you now that you've heard it, you're going to hear about it everywhere. Right. Ergo is certainly the cool new molecule to talk about. And it will not get you high. It's not psilocybin, <laughs> but definitely it is doing incredible things for the brain.
1: Amazing. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Well, that's all new to me. So thank you for schooling me on that. Speaking of getting you high, a lot of questions <laughs> we get from our community is about microdosing. And do I need to microdose functional mushrooms? Mm. And I think there can definitely be some confusion because of obviously psychedelics and microdosing psychedelics. So maybe you want to just dive into that a little bit around microdosing. If anyone wants to take that one away.
2: Desi, do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I
2: think let's both
1: go
0: after <laughs> microdosing. I think <laughs> you know, as we talked about earlier, there's a lot of promising research on microdosing and psychedelic mushrooms and psilocybin for supporting you know mental health and and certain mental health conditions. As we mentioned earlier, our products do not contain psilocybin or they're not psychedelics. They are functional mushrooms. And for those of you who maybe need a refresher on it, because sometimes the world of fungi and functional mushrooms can be very overwhelming and intimidating. Functional mushroom is interchangeable with medicinal mushroom. And sometimes people will think medicinal means psychedelic, and that's not the case. So, functional mushroom equals medicinal mushroom equals mushroom supplement that you can get over the counter. And, you know, the research on psilocybin and psychedelic mushrooms and microdosing, they're using functional mushrooms as well as psychedelic mushrooms to support the changes and the neuroplasticity that is occurring with the psychedelic mushrooms, like, for example, lion's mane. But at this time, because psilocybin is an illegal substance in Canada, our products are not microdoses. They are therapeutic potency, functional mushrooms. Awesome.
2: Well said, (laughs) definitely. I think people come to us. So I think word is out that Aversio, we are the holders of a controlled Mm -hmm. substance dealer's license that allows us to do research and development on psilocybin producing mushrooms. And we are like, that's such an honor. And Mm-hmm. it's a difficult thing because we, can't, we cannot consume the mushrooms we're able to cultivate and do research on. Yeah. We cannot offer them to others, but we see the need and people come to us every single day asking. And to have to turn those people away and send them to companies that are selling them illegally is a hard thing to do because sure. yes, people want them. And Canadians are resourceful. Yeah. We're going to get them. You could go harvest them in a farmer's field. People are worried they're going to get poisoned. They should be. You know, if you don't have a mycologist alongside or you're not 100% sure, we should not be picking mushrooms and consuming them. But what choice do we have when Health Canada has not yet given us a way to obtain them in a safe, legal, timely manner or the way that they, I believe, were meant to be used. So this, like speaking of ancient healing technologies, is exactly what psilocybin mushrooms are. They have been here for thousands of years. They will be here for thousands of years. Um, we're in mm-hmm. the psychedelic renaissance for a reason, because the research is so clear. Um, does microdosing work? I have no doubt. I have no doubt. These mushroom molecules are the answer. We all know somebody who's doing it regularly and experiencing great effects. And mm-hmm. if it's not working for you, just stop. Right. There's no side effects from <laughs> right. stopping. You yeah. are not having to come down off of these things. Are you damaging your brain? We The research shows you 100% not. They're non-addictive physiologically or psychologically. Um, if anything, you are allowing, like Cesare said, plasticity in the brain. There's a research on neurogenesis when we are consuming small doses of psychedelic producing mushrooms. There are subtle shifts and there's good research that over time we can see massive benefits from it. Can we provide it today? No. Let's mm-hmm. talk to Health Canada. Yes. Can we provide Let's it tomorrow? Hope that no. Yeah, people ask us all the time, how long? It's going to be years before it's we going hope to be years. So. So, yeah. There's a group here in British Columbia called Ferrofil, and they are the ones that you want to look into if you're looking at what's happening mm-hmm. in government for it. And Health Canada just denied 93 practitioners the right to legally consume psychedelics so that they could provide firsthand experience, experiential evidence of use to their patients who wanted to be able to use it legally because mm-hmm. Some Canadians, through the special access program, are given the right to consume psychedelics at end of life, right. and the practitioners, the mm-hmm. 93 of them, were told no. So those practitioners will now go to the Supreme Court of Canada and sue our government to say, this is against our Charter of Rights and Freedoms, to consume something that we feel is necessary for, it's, it's we are in medical need. For sure. So it's controversial. Yeah. Um, If you're somebody who is microdosing, please be getting it from a safe store. I wish these companies were able to test it legally. If there's a lab that's testing it, the lab is testing it illegally. We're in a real pickle around microdosing. So just do your research, go with your own intuition on what feels right for you, but it's not something Aversio wellness can sell you to. For sure. Today, keyword. Not today. today. Yes, <laughs> that will change. Yet,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is yet to come. So, a common question I am often asked is: taking mushrooms while on medications mm-hmm. can yeah, yes, that's, safety. Yes.
0: That's such a great question because so many people are on medication. So whenever we get any sort of question about functional mushrooms and medications, the first thing we will say is we're not your healthcare practitioner. So it's always best to chat with your healthcare practitioner, of course. But when we're looking at You know specific questions on certain medications and functional mushrooms, we always go to Health Canada's mushroom monograph. So Health Canada has a mushroom monograph for each functional mushroom. So all of our functional mushrooms and our products, they have that Health Canada mushroom monograph. And so the only one that's on the Health Canada mushroom monograph is if you are on blood thinners or anticoagulants, and if you are taking shiitake. So to consult your healthcare practitioner prior to consuming shiitake, if you're on an anticoagulant or blood thinner. In terms of other pharmaceutical medications, we have yet to see a clear contraindication for functional mushrooms and these medications, but what we always say, like we have to say, you know, consult your healthcare practitioner because we don't know your health history, right? Only your your doctor will know your health history, but in terms of clear-cut answers on this the only one is anticoagulants or blood thinners and shiitake
2: i will add that the the most recent research around functional mushrooms is coming out on my mushroom which is just in two of our products we mm-hmm. don't offer it as a single mushroom yet but it's probably soon to come because the research if if we were in asia right now over here we're all taking lion's mane and and cordyceps. over mm-hmm. there they're all taking my talkie and remember they're ahead of us so yes. what's coming Maitaki is the one to look out for and the contraindication for that in China is around the diabetes medications, which are essentially becoming mm. obsolete. They're just not required anymore because Maitaki is so powerful at managing blood sugar levels wow. on its own. So in yeah, in Canada, if you're taking a high enough dose of Maitaki, you need to be cognizant of the fact that a diabetes medication may be something you want to let your doctor know about because you might need to lessen that dose. So it's not that you're going to have, you know, nobody's dying. But my talkie and diabetes medications are something that I think we're going to see more of. And for sure, Health Canada will be up on that. Something I
0: also, I just want to jump in here. It's so interesting to hear community feedback from members of our community who are on prescription medications. Mm. And oftentimes, whether it's directly or indirectly, they will say, Oh, like I actually have to take less of this medication. Now, is it because the inflammation is decreasing and that's leading to, you know, in, an improvement of health and, you know, for a, a decreased dose? Like we had one in particular who was taking chaga for inflammation and has Hashimoto's and is on thyroid medication. And since taking chaga consistently, doesn't need to take as high of a dose and has actually had to reduce their dose of thyroid medication. So is it that these functional mushrooms are directly interacting with these medications? No, it's that it's indirectly improving our overall health. And so we actually don't need maybe as potent of a dose to support our body and bring our body back to a normalized or homeostasis level of health. So I thought that was very, very interesting. That's a really common you know, that's that's a really common point that people will say to us with, with medications as their health improves. So it is, they have a decreased need for these these medications.
2: Also, that's Another so common exciting. one, we get the balance blend as the blend we've had the longest and we have numerous yes. customers that have come off of high blood yeah. pressure medications, numerous. My mother-in-law mm-hmm. being one of them, it's, you know, so irritated that she took that blood pressure medication mm-hmm. for so many years. For sure. Now to know that she doesn't, She doesn't take it. She never takes it, but she puts mushrooms in her coffee every morning. Like such a simple change for her. And that just makes her so happy to know that she's not going to be on this pharmaceutical for the rest of her life.
1: Oh, that's Mm -hmm. so amazing. I love that. Well, okay. I've got like a few minutes and I don't want this to end, but such a good segue into, you know, we had so many questions around hormones and taking mushrooms during, pregnancy or mushrooms for fertility, we had actually lots of great questions around blood sugar. And so that was amazing that you brought up my talkie. I'm sure people will be wondering, okay, well, which of your products then should I be taking if I really want to be balancing the blood sugar? Yeah.
0: So the the functional mushrooms with the most research that we've seen for supporting blood sugar and insulin resistance, they are chaga and my talkie. So with chaga, studies have shown that chaga extract has the potential to reduce fasting blood glucose levels, improve glucose tolerance, and improve insulin resistance. And so in the research, it's been shown that chaga extract can help to activate pathways in the body that are required for normal metabolism in the body. So an imbalance of these pathways has shown to lead to development of type two diabetes and obesity and things like that. One of them in particular, um, the pathway is the AMPK pathway, as well as the PI3K slash AKT pathway that made <laughs> <Totally>. risk. <gibberish. laughs> <Sound like nervous. laughs> totally. And so, you know, in particular, this AMPK pathway where Chaga can actually act on, um, it's been shown that metformin can actually act through the regulation of that pathway. Wow! And when AMPK is activated, it can help to increase glucose uptake into the cells and improve insulin sensitivity. Because as we know, if you are somebody that is insulin resistant, your body has difficulty bringing that blood glucose, that sugar into the cell, into the tissue. And so Chaga can help to activate that pathway, which helps to bring the glucose into the cell and increase the sensitivity of our cells and our tissues to blood sugar, which which is amazing. The other mushroom being mitaki, studies have shown that mitaki extract is also able to lower blood glucose levels while improving glucose tolerance. And so it specifically showed, again, that improved transportation of glucose from the blood into the tissues, which is very important for insulin sensitivity and glucose sensitivity. And so research suggests that it works by improving and enhancing that peripheral or tissue sensitivity and improving that level of impaired glucose uptake that's commonly seen in type 2 diabetes and as well as hormonal imbalance, right? We know that PCOS individuals will have difficulty with their insulin resistance or they have that insulin resistance piece. In addition to maitake being a source of antioxidants like ergothionine, which we know all the cool people are saying ergo, and it's involved in <laughs> metabolic pathways, and then chaga, you know, not being a source of ergothioneine, but it's one of the most potent antioxidants. It has a very high ORAC value, oxygen radical absorbance capacity. It's such a potent antioxidant. So supporting our body for with blood sugar in these two different ways. It's just so fascinating. That's amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. I love the that. other
2: one because I was just reading with Dr. Ludo the other day. So it's not a mushroom of it in itself, but cordycepin, which we test for in our cordyceps mm-hmm. mushrooms, and it's only present. So if you're using a cordyceps mushroom that is a fruiting body cordyceps, right? You should look for a level of cordycepin. Cordycepin mm-hmm. itself, also, we're looking at it that same AMPK signaling pathway and we see that it is also being used effectively to control blood glucose concentration. So people starting to look at, oh, it might not be the mushroom and all of it. So we're looking at a concentration Mm -hmm. of this molecule inside, which means you'll need more of it. So you need to be looking for a product that shows it and not all Cordyceps products are created equal. And I know Sam, you had asked us about one recently from another brand and we will never sling mud at another brand. But I will tell you, read your label people. If it is not Cordyceps Militaris, It is not a fruit and body cordyceps product. So there are other brands out there that are offering a therapeutic dose. It'll say the same amount. But if you look at the Latin name, you're looking for Cordyceps Militaris. If you want Cordyceps, which we're seeing is the molecule doing all the great things like controlling blood sugar levels.
1: Amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for that. Every time I speak with you, I'm like... Am I taking enough mushrooms? I got to get off yeah. this recording and go pop some more. And I am so grateful for all of your knowledge and your passion and for just educating our audience because it really can be tricky territory to navigate when purchasing quality products and we want to spend our money on products that work and mm-hmm. you know are are doing what they say they're doing. So thank you so much You're for welcome your time and your energy. And I really acknowledge both of you for all of the work that you're doing.
2: Mm, Thank you, Sam. It doesn't feel like work. So it's lovely to hear you say that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it feels like we're in the right place. Thank you. Yes. Awesome. Well, we will end it here and probably, you know, just a temporary end because we'll probably come back so we can dive into more <laughs> listener questions. Could there be more? Can yeah. There be more? There's so many more th- areas to dive into and, and questions to answer. For now, where can our audience connect with you and find you?
2: Yeah, the best place is through our website. So, Aversio is a strange word, it's Latin. So, it's E V E R S I O wellness. Um, and we're just AversioWellness.com. And on there, you can fill out the contact form and it goes right to our lovely Lori and she will hand down questions to an ND like Desiree to answer things that are difficult so don't be afraid to reach out and ask but Desiree is also hanging out on TikTok because she's cool like that <laughs> um, and on Instagram you'll see my gray hair on Instagram also and if you send a DM we're getting back to you right away on those because building the community through this has been so much fun and for sure we're all in the same boat people we're all connected and we mm-hmm. hope to love everyone and tell the truth through this journey and it is because of the great community we're building that we're able to do that so reach out through a dm or email and um come and join the community
1: amazing yeah there's no dumb question we <laughs> yes. we're all there <laughs>
2: yeah so we absolutely. laugh every day <laughs> I bet. I bet.
1: Uh, Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate having you back. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. We would love it if you can share this episode with somebody in your life, like it. And of course, leave us a review if you haven't already because it really does help our episodes reach more women globally. Thanks again for being with us. Head on over to aversiowellness.com. Use the coupon code wellnesswitch to save 15% off. And don't hesitate to connect with me over on Instagram at holistic wellnesswitch if you have any questions. Thanks again. Chat next week.